recording in progress. Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening our connection with horses. If you enjoy this podcast, then I invite you to enter the conscious hoofbeat arena of mind, body, and spirit. Let's mount up and head down the path of embodiment, self-awareness, and inner health, and so much more. If you desire more depth and meaning in your life with horses, check out our Patreon membership levels at patreon.com slash conscious hoofbeat. In this episode, I invited lifelong horsewoman Angie Wells from the Western Slope of Colorado to join me for another episode in the Woo Woo Horse Care series. Angie is an author and certified horse health coach whose vision is to improve the quality of life and health of horses utilizing natural approaches to care, focusing strongly on health instead of disease to maximize results. Combining her background and experience as a certified equine massage therapist, equine sports trainer, equine naturopath, equine acupressure practitioner, and lifelong learner, she has been successfully supporting horses professionally since 2003 and now serves an international base of horse owners through her educational programs and services offered through Equine Essential Wellness. Angie was a huge influence and mentor of mine when I first launched Conscious Hoofbeat, and I am really excited to have her share with us today some of her wisdom around the concept of the rhythm of horse health and honoring the patterns and rhythms of nature for horse care. Welcome, Angie, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Pamela, for having me on. It's exciting to be here. I'm excited to talk about this. I, I, I had asked Angie, I'm like, do you want to do the riding after 40 or woo-woo horse care? And she came up with this concept of the rhythm of the horse for health. And I was like, yes, let's do it. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this. And, and we know that nearly all organisms, including horses, adapt their lifestyles to the timing of sunrise and sunset. And, you know, we have light and dark cycles, which result in daily and annual rhythms and uh, if it, it all affects our physiology the behavior we also know that predictable natural rhythms create a sense of security in all living creatures the rhythms of the sun and the moon the rhythms of sleeping and waking the rhythms of our daily meals even the rhythm of our breathing and our heart beating so I really feel strongly that understanding how horses respond to these cycles can help horse owners manage and care for their horses accordingly. And I feel like today would be, you know, being we're in spring would be a great time to talk about how this, um, you know, affects horses and horse care for springtime. Can you speak to that a little bit, Angie? Certainly. So yeah, I was excited to be part of the more the Woo Woo series because I definitely tend to have a woo-woo approach to, to health, but I don't feel that it's as woo-woo as some might think. So even right. the sound of 
you know, the rhythm of horse health, the rhythm of nature to some that might sound weird, but it's only weird because we've pulled ourselves out so much of the rhythm of nature. Right. Uh, there's a really common quote that horses are nat- you know, nature in its finest form. And yet I feel as humans, we tend to try to take as much nature out of the horse as we can, whether it's through nutrition and getting really heavy into synthetics or whether it's blanketing them when they really would have their own natural ability to do so, even if it's just because you don't want them to grow a winter coat because you're going to be showing them. There's so much that things that we do to impede that rhythm. And as I work with, you know, different horse owners and clients, I realized that oftentimes we want to focus on the problem. And my goal is to help people focus on health. And I was looking for ways to naturally do that. And as I started to look at my own health and some of the patterns that I have, it helps me shift to go, we need to be working with nature. We need to stop focusing on the problems themselves and focus on health and nature and flows. And in springtime for horses, I think that it's really prevalent, really in all seasons. But as we come into spring, you know, think to yourself, what do you think of in the springtime? You think of new growth, uh, fresh green grass, it can be a little windy. It tends to be windy in a lot of places during the spring. Yeah, and so we. Here, where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so understanding, bringing that in to, you know, two things. When you look at naturopathy, when you look at traditional Chinese medicine, they bring these principles in. And if we can understand that and then look at it and go, okay, so where do we, where do we come into play? So when we think of new growth, Uh, oftentimes it is, I've actually got an incubator here in my office. I'm doing some new growth with chickens and chicks Mm -hmm. and, and people do a lot of breeding and different things. But of course, when it comes to that, we tend to manipulate, Uh, we tend to want to jump in and control. So we may force things when it's really not time for it to happen. And that can cause issues. In the springtime, people tend to think of of vaccines, spring vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that also comes parasite treatment, which I'm really about educating the difference between parasite treatment and parasite control. But for people who are doing treatment plans, springtime is generally when they do that. But when we look at traditional Chinese medicine, the organ in which we're going to focus on the organ and meridian systems are going to be the liver and gallbladder meridian. Now the horse doesn't have a gallbladder organ, that function is of course within the liver, but we're going to focus on that liver and gallbladder. And so when we come from a health standpoint, we would wanna support the health of those. But when we think about what does vaccines, what do the ingredients of vaccines tend to do to the liver? What do the chemicals within a lot of the treatment, parasite treatment programs do to the liver? Well, (laughs) they're not friendly to them. It overwhelms the liver. It's going to introduce a lot of toxicity at a time when the liver is trying to come out of a stagnant time. It's actually a time that the body already naturally needs to detox from winter into spring. It needs to get rid of some of that stagnant energy that's pooled over the winter season. And so to do this onslaught onto the liver can actually wreak havoc. 
And one thing that it can step into is again, we've, we've disrupted the liver by doing these natural things we've been taught are best, best for our horse's health and in flow, you know, we need to think of what does that liver do for the horse? It does a lot of the metabolizing and it also does the filtering, of course, for, you know, the, uh, for the blood, it's supposed to filter and store it. So if it can't filter and store adequate amounts of blood, you're going to have issues with circulation among many other things, skin issues. A lot of people think of skin issues in the spring and yet they don't always connect it to, well, maybe it was the onslaught of what I did to my horse's liver and I didn't support it first. So I'm always all about, you know, you need to do what you feel is best for your horse. But if you're someone who does spring vaccinations, if you're someone who still chooses to do parasite treatment, then you need to prepare ahead of time to be sure that you're supporting that digestive system, supporting that liver to be able to handle what you're getting ready to do. Because in springtime, it's already natural for the body to need assistance in that area and to kind of attack it, if you will, in that way, it really goes against nature. So a lot of people who are afraid of uh, spring grass and all of these things that they they think is going on, I, I like to ask different questions and be like, you know, my horses, I had them out on fresh grass right away. Um, in fact, one of them was looking a little chubbier this year than he generally does when I let him out in the spring. Mm -hmm. And I just monitored it, but I was focusing on his liver health and I was watching him to make sure that his body was metabolizing as it should. Because I think a lot of what we see and what we think causes a lot of these issues is actually mistaken. And if we ask different questions and we, again, look to nature and go, what does nature say about this? How does nature respond? It gives us insight to understand that maybe it's not what we think it was in the first place. Because actually, my horse actually looks thinner now than he did when I first turned him out. And he has been out on fresh grass 24-7. So it's very interesting. And yet most people would have automatically assumed I'm going to cause him to go into laminitis or founder or, you know, I'm putting him at risk. And yet I just, you know, still monitor him. But I make sure that I'm supporting the health of what metabolizes within his body, his digestive system, with his liver as well. And I make sure that I'm just supporting that as he's out there. And so I think those are really important when it comes to liver and gallbladder. Anger is the emotion that can stir up. And so anger in a horse is going to be different than anger in humans. Your horse might express aggression towards other horses. It just so happens that this particular horse of mine I'm describing has had anger in the past. He attacked, used to attack me, would aggressively attack my other horses, couldn't be out with my other horses. So when a horse's liver or gallbladder is not functioning, the, the energetic and the organ isn't functioning as, as it should in this, and I again think springtime, you might look for aggression. You might look for another way that anger can express in a horse is just irritability and being agitated. So it can come across as anxious, but it's gonna be more of an aggression anxious than a fearful anxiety. But it can lead into behavior where you might start to, you know, for a while, when I first got him, I had to separate him away from the other horses. And that was detrimental to mm -hmm. him being a horse. And 
But understanding these, it can become, for those of you who are like, well, it's not springtime, so this doesn't apply to me where I live, it can help you start to see if my horse has these expressions at different times of year, then it could still speak to certain organs and energies that I may need to support even when it's not springtime. But most certainly from a standpoint of supporting health, benefiting health, springtime is the time of year that I'm going to focus for all of my horses, whether they're showing symptoms or issues or not within this area, I'm going to focus on the health of that animal. And specifically with the liver and gallbladder. Specifically liver, gallbladder. Yeah. And even though horses don't have a gallbladder, I think it's important to Mm -hmm. let people know energetically, they still have a gallbladder meridian. So we would still look at the gallbladder, even though they don't technically have one. Have an organ. Yeah. (laughs) Let's let's talk a little bit because, you know, springtime is breeding time. And I know a lot of people like to short cycle their mares and give them regimate and, you know, do all these different things for breeding season. Can we talk about that a little bit? It's still yeah. about it's still about supporting the liver, correct? Yeah. So, you know, it's doing a lot of that is going to impact, I mean, your horse's body, our body, nature in itself again has synergy to it. So anytime you step in and do something like that where you choose to control or prevent or block or whatever it is you're gonna do mm-hmm. or manipulate you're going to impact other systems within the body. So stopping the flow in that one area most certainly does not stop the flow in that one area. You are causing a disruption on a physical, energetic level throughout the entire body. So if you think you're only affecting the hormonal system, oh my goodness, you couldn't be more wrong. So when we look at the liver, again, it's connected to the nervous system. So for horses that are stumbling, maybe Uh, have shown signs of EPM, different things like that. It's within the nervous system. It's within, uh, with liver, gallbladder, you need to think uh, flexibility and strength. It's ligaments, it's tendons, connective tissue. So when, and and of course with metabolism, you're going to be affecting uh, hormones and hormones are a whole nother, you know, topic that impact literally every aspect of the body. So yes, when you start to mess with your mare cycles, when you start to manipulate and control the reproductive health, the hormone flow of of your horse's body, you can expect long-term consequences that you may never connect. So maybe your horse has a colic two years from now, maybe your horse starts to have uh, itchy skin or something like that. You may think it's completely unrelated but it's not unrelated because you have disrupted the flow of the body and it's, it's going to show disruption elsewhere. So right. it's very important to understand that doing those sorts of things, it, you may think it's beneficial, but there's going to be consequences, whether you see them a month from now, six months from now, six years from now, there's going to be consequences that surface because of that disruption. Yeah, I feel people don't always understand that. I have somebody that'll come and be, want me to do a 60-minute session and fix their horse. And it's like, I can't fix, you know, a lifetime of unhealthy choices in 60 minutes. And it's just like creating health that does not happen overnight. And so we don't ever think, oh, this issue that showed up two years later is from all that crap we did to that horse during breeding season 
that year, we probably never got them in full anyways. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and then I feel like that brings it to the, uh, the topic of stress. All of this is just stressful on them. Anytime mm -hmm. you, you yes. change stuff up and stress in itself does crazy things to our body. Yeah. Yep. So both energetic stress, and then I'm pretty obsessive about oxidative stress within the body. When you introduce these kind of stresses into the body, you are hurting it at a cellular level, which most of us, you know, not to go back to high school biology and cause people to have panic attacks. For those who weren't, you know, overly geeky about cell health, you have to understand that that's like the the smallest portion of health within the body. And it's one of the most important. So if you disrupt your horses at a cellular level, you can spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, whatever it is on supplements and treatments and procedures and whatever. If you don't get that cellular health reset, you're, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. And you know, like you were expressing when people want, you know, they, they want a magic pill. They want a magic powder, you know, just make this go away in my horse. And it doesn't happen that way. And yet a lot of the times when I, when I work with people and they start to implement the foundations of health and the principles of health, it appears often that things are going away very quickly. The horse has this sudden shift and then, of course, that's when you get the most happy testimonials. And then what tends to happen after that is you have a healing crisis yeah. and everything looks worse. And then a lot of people bail ship and go, see, this doesn't work. Right. And the it ones made my horse sick or yeah, yeah. And they don't understand your horse is majorly detoxing. Yeah, it's coming. It's it's re and, you know, a lot of people think detox is only a physical aspect of, you know, chemicals and different things. It's also when you reset and bring frequency to a different level, it completely shifts. So if you think of turning a knob on a radio or something, and there's all that static in between the stations, that's kind of what it's like. You're taking the horse from one frequency to a next. There's going to be a lot of um, chaos and disruption there. And you have to hold that space and you have to hold health to get it to the opposite side. And you some horse owners are willing to bear through that and trust in the process. One of the eight laws of health is trust um, because you have to trust in the principles of natural health. And if you don't, you're going to be pulled back to the shiny object of, oh, if you give this, this, you know, pharmaceutical, oh, if you do this magical treatment, all of that's going to go away. Well, it'll temporarily go away until it surfaces in another fashion right. that again, you don't connect, but it's like, trust me, it's connected to what you previously skipped right. <laughs> in the so last lesson of health. It's just treating the symptom. It's not treating the underlying issue. Yeah. And I, I think another thing people don't always know is that when you start a new supplement or herb or whatever, it takes 60 days for it to get into the bloodstream. It takes 120 days for the blood to completely turn and it takes an entire year for the cells to regenerate. And that, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of time a year, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, provided the horse was relatively healthy going into it. Right. Yeah. So when you end up having the detox health crisis, then you get, it's like, you know, five steps forward, 10 steps back. It might take longer than a year. I want to take a step back and touch base on, on um, we talked about, oxidative stress. And I wonder mm -hmm. if you could just explain that just briefly for those who aren't fully aware of what that is. 
So oxidative stress is a, is a normal process within any living, breathing organism. It happens within the cell function. And I think the easiest way to think about it without going into science is it's, it's one of the trash of the cell or the pollution of the cell. So as the cell is creating the energy in which we need to live and function, it has pollution that it kind of puts out into the environment of the cell. And yes, bodies are naturally uh, capable of taking out their own trash, but it just so happens that in this day and age with all of the chemicals and additives and stress and all of the things that we have that are so much more so than they used to be, bodies, horses, bodies, our bodies, dogs, bodies, doesn't matter what bodies, we just aren't as effective. The body is not as effective as it once was at cleaning out those processes. And that just means that you're going to have a lot of cell dysfunction and really all disease, all of the disease comes from cell dysfunction. So if you just do a supplement for the body, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be helping the cells take out the trash and get to a state of, of cleanliness. You know, a lot of people, really what I think the, the biggest factor between someone who is natural health and someone who believes more of traditional view of health all comes down to what they believe about cell health, whether they believe in uh, Louis Pasteur's approach to the germ theory or they don't. And that really, I think, you know, shows all of it because um, Antoine Baychamp was the one who who came up with, it's the environment of the cell. It's the environment in which we, in fact, in which we live, but mostly of getting the environment of the cell. Uh, it's kind of like, do you need to put new water in a dirty fish tank to clean it? Or do you need to clean the fish tank? Right, right. You know, and, and we have all been, whether we realize it or not, in the society we live in, we've been indoctrinated with the germ theory. So we're afraid of germs. We're afraid of disease. We need to treat, treat, treat. And that, that is a very nasty cycle that, that you just cannot escape. And so you have to go, okay, I don't want to treat things. I don't want to be afraid of germs. I don't want to be afraid of disease. So what do I need to do? And that's when you focus on health. And it's, it sounds so simple and everybody's like, oh, well, that's what I'm doing. And yet most people, it's not what they're focused on. And it's because they just have been indoctrinated for so long on how to take, I like to tell people, you have a magnifying glass in your hand and you get to choose what you focus on. You get to choose, am I going to hold it over health and everything that is health, probiotics, healthy micro, microbiome. Uh, great cellular function. Are you going to hold that magnifying glass over that? Or are you going to hold it over the problem? And, you know, bad bacteria and antibiotics and steroids and vaccines and all of that is treatment. But it's so hard for people to understand that because they're like, well, we can't be protected. We can't protect our animal. We can't, you know, we can't fight hell or fight disease if we don't do these things. And I am not here to fight disease right. because what's amazing is if you focus on health, health will shove all the disease right out. <laughs> like you don't even have to worry about it. And once you, once you can grasp that and make that shift, 
I think caring for horses is so much fun and so freeing really with every aspect, even in our own personal health, when something happens in my personal health or my horses, I initially, I'll be honest, I haven't still have an initial emotional panic. <laughs> like yeah, I think it's yeah. a human like, Oh gosh, you know? And then it's like, okay, no, that that's, that's not going to serve me. What is this trying to tell me? What is this communicating? And then again, I go back into that rhythm and flow. What does this particular symptom speak to? Which organ does it come from? What other things are connected to that organ? And then I start to ask questions. I like to tell people the quality of your horse's health truly depends on the quality of the questions you're asking about your horse's health. Are you wanting to, you know, mask it, treat it, make it stop? Or do you want to have a conversation and find out why is that symptom there? What is it trying to tell you? And then from that place, working backwards, it's kind of like peeling the layers off the onion, working backwards to figure out where did that symptom come from? And that can also, I see a lot of patterns in horses going back to that rhythm and pattern thing. Another thing that led me to teaching this way of health was I would be working with someone with their horse with respiratory issues. We'd be supporting health. Things would be going great. And then all of a sudden symptoms would show up that were liver re related where I'm like, oh, now, now we're shifting into liver. And what I've discovered through further study of traditional Chinese medicine and understanding cycles of nature uh, and naturopathy talks about this too, is there's creation cycles and there's control cycles. And for the longest time, my education had me focused on still, even though I felt like I was focusing on the health of certain energies and organs, I was actually still kind of focusing on the problem. It was the energy of, for example, the wood element, which is liver gallbladder. And when a horse would show signs, I would only focus on that one energy and, you know, an organ system. But what I've discovered is there's energies that control and create. So think about, you know, we had the creation cycle, winter kind of creates the energy for spring, all of that conserved energy. Think of a water watering a tree. It's the creation cycle of it. This is the woo-woo side of everything. Yes. <laughs> and then, even, though, even though it's been around for <laughs> thousands of years. Yeah. This is woo-woo, but this is nature. Think of it's nature. And then, so we have the water that helps create the wood energy. And then the other thing that helps control it is actually called, it's the metal element, which sounds woo-woo, but think of, um, the analogy I used to teach it was think of a, you know, a metal bucket that you're planting the tree in. That metal bucket is going to prevent the water from washing away all of the nutrients and, and the roots of that wood of that tree. And so we don't only need to focus on, on spring energy, on the wood element. We're going to bring in, you know, what we've just went through in the winter and then what's super cool is liver, as we're focusing springtime liver, if some of you are like, oh, but it's summer where I am or where, you know, whatever you're coming into, by focusing on liver, you're already naturally going to support what's coming up in the summertime, which is actually going to be considered the fire element, but it's one of the cycles of the fire element. So as we work to work with nature, it just ends up going around and around and it, it doesn't become you, you know, 
grabbing this thing. I, I think a lot of natural practitioners that I work with, they just see something and then they throw everything but the kitchen sink at it and then hope to God something sticks. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. we'll throw every herb, every oil, every everything we have. And really traditional does the same thing. They only have so many tools. They throw them all at it and hope something sticks. And that was an approach that I just don't align with. But as I was still focusing on health, I started to realize there's more to it. There's more patterns that we're missing. And so that's what I'm introducing for my horses. And I've been loving the results and a lot of my clients that are bringing in this, this more, again, this rhythm and flow. So it's like, we're going to work on the controlling energy. We're going to shift into the creation energy, and then we're going to work on the element itself. And by doing that, there's more flow, which again, speaks to, to the rhythm. You know, even when we talk about parasite control, for those of you who are familiar with natural parasite control, you should be working with the moon cycles. That was right. never something I was originally taught. And so I didn't really know why sometimes I felt like my parasite control was better than others. And so when I finally learned that, it just aligned with me because I was like, well, that makes sense because I'm working with the moon cycle because guess what? The parasites work with the moon cycle. Mm -hmm. So you want to work with them. So again, that it just keeps speaking that all of nature is working in this rhythm. The only one that keeps messing it up is us. And so we just need to observe and recognize, figure out the flow and then work with it instead of, it just seems like as humans, we generally try to, we, we see the pattern, but then we try to force against it. We try to control it. Just like when somebody panics, they get a hair analysis and their horses uh, may be deficient in a mineral. They immediately jump to, I just need to send more of that mineral in instead of stepping back and asking the question, why is this horse deficient in this one mineral? Maybe you're sending it in already. It's just the horse isn't utilizing it. Right. They're not assimilating it. That's another mm -hmm. thing we could probably do a whole nother talk on <laughs> assimilation. And, yeah. you know, like, so the doctor that I did a lot of my training with, he always says the first thing you do is check the liver, clear the liver. If yeah. the liver is not clear, right, they're not even going to be assimilating or to nope. be able to even check anything else. They can't metabolize. They can't detox. They can't. Yeah. And as I was doing the series, because I just did a three-part video series on the liver and all of the signs. And I mean, I even have aha moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this before? Like, how did I not connect? Like, oh my goodness. So yeah, there's so much that happens in, in the liver and yes, the gallbladder energy. There's so much that happens there. And it's again, connected to nervous system. Think about what your horse's nervous system is connected to. It's connected to connective tissue. What is your horse's connective tissue connected to? So when you start to see that synergy and you start to go, oh my gosh, instead of, and even hooves. So hooves is a sign that I talk about being, you know, a, a sign of liver imbalance. And so many times people reach for, again, supplements. I'm just going to grab a supplement and yeah. hope that it deals give with a, this. Give them a hoof supplement so their hooves yeah. are better, but they're not balancing their energy systems. or And their liver else. and anything else. So the body can't do it. And their you know, the body are, can't use it. Their toes are probably too long, putting pressure yeah. on the triple, triple heater ting point in the front yeah. feet. You know, like yeah. there's so many things that are connected. It goes back to that whole leg bones connected to the knee. Yeah, bone. <laughs> everything's connected. 
connected. So, and, but that can lead horse owners. So for some, you know, listeners that might cause you to start to feel overwhelmed because even as long as I've studied health, when I have these aha moments, I can get that same, like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this after all my study, after all of that doesn't serve you. So when you start to get in that, oh my gosh, like I can't do all this. And like, when you mentioned a teen point and somebody's like, I don't know what that is. And she's talking about elements. And I, <laughs> when yeah. you start to go into that, just take a deep breath and focus on observing and asking questions. If we could all just get a little more curious, like children mm-hmm. and ask questions they, the answers you need for your particular horse are going to start to come. And that, that will serve everyone much better to just go, okay, so I'm raising my awareness to the fact that there's rhythms in my horse's health. I'm raising my awareness to not jumping to conclusions, not immediately trying to figure out what something means and allowing it to be there and ask some questions in that space. That I think is for, for my clients and and students that get the the most results, that's what they're open to is kind of letting things be a little bit more and asking more questions instead of, I've got to answer this now. I've got to solve this now. I've got to stop this now. The people who have more of that energy uh, don't tend to stick with natural health very long because we don't always get immediate results because we're allowing the body to, to, to find that balance again. And, you know, I think health is a journey. It's something you're always going to be working on with your horse. So I don't panic. Like I said, I have an initial little panicker that goes off because I love my horses so much, but I try to get quicker and quicker at shutting that down and going, okay, what is this telling me? what is it communicating? And especially with my mare who's in her thirties now, I definitely have to do that because there are times where I, I, I'm watching when is her right time. Mm-hmm. And I'm balancing that because she has amazing days and then she has not so great days. And so during the days where she's bad, I just have to ask more questions and be very in tune to where is she at And what is her timing? Because I get in my head of making that decision myself and being in control of that decision myself. Again, as humans, we like to control things Mm -hmm. and letting that go and, and just observing what I'm seeing and, and having conversations both in my head, I guess, if you will. And then with the horse, just from the standpoint of what am I seeing and what do I know about nature that this could be telling me? So hopefully that, that, you know, kind of serves as a connection point and helps anybody who's feeling overwhelmed with things that they're like, I didn't know that. And I've never heard of this and (laughs) everything else. I feel like just having these conversations, you know, and bringing some awareness for people to, so they can just start thinking about some of this stuff is a really good first step for a lot of people. And I just want to sum it up with um, maybe talking just, just a few few tips about healthy springtime horse management like and I know like I kept thinking about I think about it every year about how nature's connected and we always get dandelions on the lawn and Mm -hmm. everybody hates dandelions and I take my horses out and hand graze them and if they choose to eat them great if they don't they don't but they eat them in the spring and people don't understand dandelions are great natural detoxifiers yeah they're great for the liver they're also great for the immune system so 
they, you know, are very beneficial uh, to horses health. So yeah, springtime health, um, you know, actually, I start more in the early, like late winter, I like to support digestive health. So I, I start in the end of winter to prepare for spring, if you will. So don't panic for those of you who can't work backwards, but it serves you to know like next year, what you may start to focus on. So I support digestive health. I make sure that, you know, I'm focusing on probiotics and digestive enzymes and really helping that digestive system turn on. And so that when we move into spring, it's prepared to assimilate some nutrients. And it's also going to support the liver in detoxifying as I go to ask the liver to do that. Once I support the digestive system, I focus on that for, yes, about as much as 60 days, 30 days at the bare minimum. Um, and then from there, that's when I move into my liver support. So a lot of the times, depending on the horse, whether they're healthy enough, I like to go ahead and work into a gentle herbal liver detox before I start to get into spring. It just kind of, to me, wakes up the liver. Yes, you can use essential oils and herbs and different things to start to, you know, wake that energy up. And from there, then I step into my parasite control program. So I've, I've already asked the liver to detox some, and then I'm going to work a parasite control program in with the moon cycle, of course. Um, and from that point, then I'm going to detox again, because a lot of the times when our horses let go of parasites, there's a lot of cleansing that has to happen. And so I'm going to step in and support that liver again. And oftentimes after that, I'll do another digestive support with probiotics, digestive enzymes, and, and that sort of thing. So that's kind of the flow that I, that I go to. So again, towards end, end of winter, I support digestive health. I move into liver. I go into parasite control. I go into liver again, and then I support the digestive system again. And that all just flows together to kind of help that system cleanse, assimilate, do all the things that it needs to do. So that coming in to, to summer, when a lot of people are, that's when their horse, if they're a performance horse or something is really in the peak of whatever it is they're doing, their body should be in, in kind of a peak option during those summer months as well. So that's kind of an approach that, that I take for my horses and, you know, that, that I just do every year, whether they're sick or not. Now, I don't go through liver cleanses if I have a horse that's really ill. Um, I may not do a, you know, a long liver cleanse. Um, I may be a little more gentle with that. I may only do seven to 10 days and see how the body's doing. I may go every other day with some herbs. You really, with liver, you do have to read what the body can handle. So a lot of when I do these bigger, like 30, 60, 90 days, I'm reading the horse the entire time. If at any point the horse doesn't seem to be able to handle what I'm doing, or if their digestive system needs 90 days, it's going to get 90 days before I move forward. So I think as humans, we like to get systematic. And I think the people who get the best results actually read the horse and go, you know what? 
I think my horse is good after 30 days and I'm going to move to the next step. Some people go, oh, my horse still needs more support. So I'm going to add another two weeks, one month. They're reading their horse and they're going off of what the horse is expressing. Ooh, I think, I think this was a really good talk and that's a great place to bring it to an end before we get on a tangent on something else. <laughs> um, that's a lot of info. Thank you. I think it would be wonderful if you could come back and we could do one about summer health. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, More than happy to do so. That would be wonderful. All right. I hope the listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. I always learn something new when I'm hanging out with Angie. And if they want to learn more about you and your work, uh, where can they find you? Uh, equineessentialwellness.com is, um, is a great place to go. Uh, got, you know, the podcast, everything that you need. The blog is, is all right there um, for you to access. So just equineessentialwellness.com. Wonderful. Thank you again. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. And until next time, enjoy your horse. <laughs>